You're listening to a live audio recording from Women's Bible Fellowship at LEFC. This is week three of Sacred Rhythms on the topic of Scripture. All right, good morning, everybody. We're going to get started. So last week we learned there are many reasons to read scripture, but here's your pop quiz. What should our primary goal be when we are engaging with God's word? To know Jesus. Thank you. That's right. To know God. Do you remember this graphic? Hey, that, was a, that was a good answer. <laughs> <laughs> it, Revelation. That's exactly Jesus. right. Yes, that's exactly right. The revelation of God, Christ being uh, the most tangible representation of that. So a right knowledge of God and his revealed truth informs our understanding of everything else. So does that mean we shouldn't fuel our prayers or defend ourselves or know God's will when we come to the scriptures. No, of course not. It's just that our primary goal, our primary focus needs to be first to seek God, to know him. Our greatest need is him himself. So we practice this skill of looking for God. How did that go this week? Did you kind of get the hang of it a little more? So like we said last week, it can be explicitly in scripture, just black and white there on the page. And sometimes it's implicit and you got to dig a little bit. So what is he saying or doing that's communicating his character? That's step one. And today we're going to be talking about some more tips and tools for how to read in a meaningful way. Have you ever attempted a a Bible reading plan, or maybe you are right now, and you feel like you're just going through the motions to check it off? I mean, I have. Those plans, it's so hard to finish those plans, and we often just don't. I think I have a diagnosis of the problem. I think by and large we suffer from one or both of these things. We either have a misplaced focus, which is what we've been talking about, Or two, we're not digesting what we're reading. And before we unpack those two issues, there is a caveat here. Now, you know, going through the motions sounds like a bad thing. It sounds like a disingenuous thing. We don't want to do that. But on the other hand, if you wait for your feelings to align with everything you know is good and right before you do something, you're not going to get anywhere. (laughs) We know this from real life. Like what do you, what task or responsibility do you dread doing? What do you never feel like doing in your life? Unloading the dishwasher. (laughs) Cooking. I'm like ironing, like I just like swore off ironing, which is probably not a great analogy because I'm telling you to push through, but like. Yeah, so we all have those things, right? It's like I tell my kids. They say, I don't feel like doing this. Well, I understand that you don't feel like doing this, but we have to do things we don't feel like doing. And then I say to them, what do you think would happen if I just didn't feel like getting groceries, didn't feel like making you dinner? What do you think would happen? (laughs) So we know this from real life, okay? We know what happens if we neglect that responsibility, so we do it anyway. We do it anyway. Your feelings are informants, but they're not meant to be your guide. It's really important. 
And it's actually the opposite of what the world is telling us right now. So when we come to the scriptures, when we approach Bible reading, we want to come with a resolve to train ourselves to be in God's word because we know this is good and right. We know that he is our greatest need. The feelings will come. The closeness will come. But we simply cannot use the feelings as our metric for establishing these sacred rhythms. Okay, are you with me? So... Back to these pitfalls of ineffective reading. So first of all, the misplaced focus. This is what we've been talking about. I'll be brief here. This simply means we're coming to the word with other priorities rather than knowing God. And like we've said, it's good to come to the scriptures in our times of need for other things. But what is your normative habit? What's the normal for you? If we come to the scriptures looking for a quick shot of inspiration for our day or I just need direction on how to handle this particular situation right now and then, and then let's go. If that's normal, then there's going to be large portions of the Bible that are not going to be applicable to you or they're not going to feel applicable. Or you might draw application that really just takes the scripture out of context. It's, you're making it say things it wasn't meant to say. But if we search for God in the scriptures, then his unchanging character becomes that basis those handhelds that you can hold on to for application of how that affects our lives. This is substantive application to look for him first. But secondly, I don't think this issue of digestion gets enough airtime. And we may not even have a category for this in our heads, honestly. Like we do know the difference between studying and reading So studying being more in depth, we stay in a passage longer, we're really seeking to understand the meaning of the text. Reading generally is, you're taking in a higher volume, it's a broader scope, you're not getting hung up on every little detail. Both of these things are good and necessary to interact with scripture. But we really shouldn't even be talking about studying if we don't know how to read well. Like that's kind of where this begins and digestion is a big part of that. So think of it this way, reading is like eating, okay? You put the words in your mind just like you put food in your mouth. And now everybody knows this food needs to be digested. This is a slower process than eating. Your mind and your heart need to absorb that truth in the same way that our intestines absorb the nutrients from our food. And then the last step is that you are fueled to respond. So physically, your intestines absorb those nutrients and then they send them all throughout your body and all the systems then have the fuel they need to work and you have energy and strength to live. And spiritually, it's the same thing. You have absorbed the truth in the innermost place and the spirit uses that word to change us, to grow us in holiness. And then we are fueled to respond, to worship, to obey. And allow me to be even more graphic. So think of what happens when you eat, but you're not able to digest that food properly. If you've ever suffered from digestive woes, let's call them, energized and fueled are like the last things you feel. We would never expect to have physical strength and energy if our digestive system is broken. So why do we expect to have spiritual growth and vitality 
if we're not digesting God's word. And here's the good news. This isn't difficult. It's simply a step that most people miss when it comes to Bible reading. And scripture has a name for this digestion. It's called meditating. Now, I realize that can have some weird connotations. What comes to mind when I say meditation? Is it something like this? <laughs> so it was really helpful for me to hear someone explain the key difference here. So traditional Eastern meditation, the goal is to empty your mind. The goal is to empty your mind so that you can become one with the universe and find your inner peace. That's not what we're talking about. Okay, biblical meditation is not to empty your mind, but to fix your mind, to focus your mind on the Lord and his truth. And it turns out that has a huge impact on our sense of peace and groundedness. But those things are not inside of us. They're found in him. Practically speaking, when our feelings and our perspectives have gone awry, this is what we need to come back in line with what God says is true. And I want you to see this straight out of Scripture, okay? Would you turn to Joshua 1 in your Bibles? The context here is uh, that Moses, who led the Israelites out of Egypt and through the wilderness, has died. So we're entering a new phase of Israel's history. Joshua is about to lead these people into the promised land, but there's one small issue. The land is full of enemies, so they can't just walk in and set up camp. Joshua has a huge mission before him, and in the opening verses of this book, we get, it's like the curtains pulled back, and we get this inside look at what God says to Joshua to commission him for leadership of Israel. So could I have uh, my first reader, somebody over here? If you can read of chapter 1, verses 5 to 9, please. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life, just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do according to the law of Moses, my... Oops. I lost my place. <laughs> Be careful to do according to the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the left hand or to the right, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. All right. Thanks, Mandy. So what is that repeated phrase that we see in verse 6, verse 7, verse 9? What's his command? Be strong and courageous. Right. We know this one, right? Joshua 1.9 is the coffee mug verse. Like, it's everywhere. Okay. But do we understand the context? So God also gave Joshua a promise, and this was the source of his strength and courage. So what is that promise he gave him in, in verses 5 and 9? I'll be with you wherever you go. I'll be with you wherever you go. 
right? He promised his presence. And if you, I mean, that sounds nice, but if you think about it, really, that's only a comfort if you know who God is. If he's just this ambiguous figure, that's not actually a comfort. But knowing who God is in his character, that is where Joshua's strength and courage is to be founded. So I want you to see something too here. Without getting too technical, the literary structure of this passage shows us something. So I don't know if you can see these colors on the projection, but um, we have this repetition of the promise of God's presence at the top and bottom. And then if you go in one layer, you see all those be strong and courageous. And then the center is actually the climactic point. And what is that subject matter in there? How is Joshua to stay aligned to the truth of who God is? Meditate on the word. Right, meditate on the word. The book of the law is the center point of this. This book is to be on his lips, meditating on it and then fueling his behavior based in who God is. Now go ahead and flip over to Joshua 23. This is at the very end of his life. These are some of his last words to the people before he dies. So could I have my second reader? We're gonna look at 23 verses six to eight. Be very strong. Be careful to obey all that is written in the book of the law of Moses, without turning aside to the right or to the left. Do not associate with these nations that remain among you. Do not invoke the names of their gods or swear by them. You must not serve them or bow down to them, but you are to hold fast to the Lord your God as you have until now. Okay, thanks, Kim. I love how Joshua's exhortation to the people just so closely resembles what God said to him at the beginning of all of this. And this is the amazing thing. I mean, we just flipped over a couple chapters, but this is like the span of Joshua's whole ministry and his leadership. He has lived this reality. And in his last words to the people, this is like the best wisdom that he could pass on to them, is to be strong in the Lord, is to stay aligned to his truth. And that is only possible by meditating on the word. So how do we meditate on scripture? Noah Webster defines meditate as to dwell on something in thought or to contemplate. It's that simple. This is why we chose the prompts read, reflect, and respond in your workbook. That reflect piece is what this is. It's essentially meditating. Thinking about what you read, which then leads to a response. So we're going to look at some practical tools here. Just three simple tools to help you as you're digesting scripture. So the first one, we've actually already had you practice, and it's to look for God. It's to look for God. Do you realize that even this simple step is forcing you to engage with what you're reading and to contemplate or fix your mind on God? And then the second is simply reading comprehension. Could you summarize the points of what you just read, or has your mind been like, ba-doom, 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 like in the last paragraph? We all know that, okay? We'll talk more about that at the end. 
And then the last tip for reading well and digesting is really closely related to the first. It's called looking for timeless truths. So if you have studied Exodus with you, hopefully that phrase rings a bell. But what this means is that the Bible not only reveals God's character and his nature, but it also gives us a framework for life. This is how we are to understand everything, ourselves, what we see happening in the world, what we know our hope is to come, all of these things. The Bible gives us a lens to understand these things. So a timeless truth would be something that's true of God for all time or something that's true of humanity for all time. These things do not change. They're just like pillars that you can rely on. So for God, um, it could be matters of his character, like we've said. Uh, the Trinity, his commands are designed for life because that communicates how he's made things to work. He's the creator. It could be about his kingdom, his values, the future kingdom to come. It could be his plan of redemption, what he's done in Christ. All of these things are unchanging. And then the second thing is of humanity. So who are we? Who are we? What's our origin? What's our identity? What's our sin? What is this nature that we have since the fall of man in Genesis 3? What is our condition, our needs? As well as what happens when God gets a hold of a human life and transforms it. These are all things that we can be looking for. What are these principles and truths that are true for all time that are solid bedrock that you can build upon? And as with looking for God's character, these timeless truths might be very obvious as you're reading. Or you might need to dig a little bit and say, what is this actually communicating to me about how life works, about my need for God, etc.? I do believe these three simple tools will help you digest the scripture. This isn't studying. It's simply training ourselves to read God's word well. It's like the building blocks of meditating on his word. And as you're learning these rhythms, I encourage you to actually write your thoughts down. This, you don't need a fancy journal or anything to do this. It's just simply, as you read, write down, I see you, God. You are holy. You are sovereign. You are loving. Just write them down. And then for the reading comprehension, it might just be a simple bullet point list. Or maybe it's one sentence. Can you summarize the main point? And then what timeless truths do you see? That's it. And I think by training yourself to digest the word, you'll actually, actually absorb its life-giving nutrients and find the fuel to respond to God in the way that we know we're designed to. And if you have leaky gut when it comes to reading scripture, then that, the, those words are just going to go straight through your heart and mind. And I'm not saying there's zero benefit to just reading the words, but you're certainly not going to experience the delight that we all want that takes the drudgery out of the discipline. That's what we're working towards, knowing and loving, enjoying the Lord. I often think how kind it is that God gives us tangible examples of spiritual truths. So we've been talking about our body's digestive systems as an analogy for this. But there's another layer to this too. 
how often do you need to eat? Like once a week, a couple times a month? You know that doesn't cut it. We need every day, multiple times a day. I'm not saying this as like this legalistic requirement that you should be spending this much time in God's word. It's not like that. But God created our bodies in such a way that reminds us that we're needy, that we're finite, and we need to keep coming back for nourishment. Physically, we eat, we digest and absorb those nutrients, we're fueled, and then we're emptied. And spiritually, it's the exact same thing. We take it in, we digest and absorb it, we're fueled to respond to God, we're changed by the Spirit, and then we pour ourselves out in service to God and others. We're to be a living sacrifice for him. But then we have to come back. We've got to eat again. And I don't know about you, but I feel terrible when I don't eat. I get so weak and shaky. But within minutes of eating something, I start to feel better, stronger again. God created our bodies this way. And I think there's a lot to learn about how he's created our souls and our hearts to also be fed by him. So we need to keep coming back to this banquet table of God's word and knowing that there is an abundance to meet your need. So let's talk about some practical stuff. That's the transition music. Okay. This is the person who does not know how to do everything on her phone. It's all good. Okay, so hopefully this rhythm is starting to feel familiar to you. Read, reflect, or I'm sorry, pray, read, reflect, respond. And today we're talking about reading, so I want to start there. Just this bears mentioning. I mentioned earlier about like the, the focus issue, okay? What we need to realize is that we are being trained to have poor attention spans in the society we find ourselves in. I mean, think about how the internet has changed our access to information and our intake of information. Everything is short and fast. Everything is short and fast. And for instance, okay, like on Twitter, does anyone know how many characters are in a tweet? Do you know what the limit is? I looked this up, I didn't know. It's 280. Not words, characters. That means letters and punctuation spaces. 280, that's it. And just for reference, a 200-page book, which is very average, has about 55,000 words. So do you see why we might struggle settling into long-form reading when we're it's so different than what we're used to online? Okay? So if your attention span feels shorter than it maybe used to be, it's probably because it is. So we need to actually just be aware of this and push back against it. Okay? We will be passively discipled in this way of learning and, and acquiring knowledge. And then the pushback against it means that it requires some effort. Okay? If it feels hard to stay focused, it's because it is. But this is worth working at because if for no other reason, there's many, but if for no other reason, God has given us his word in written form. And that requires us to read. And so I say persevere. Like we want to keep pushing into this. All right, so... 
I just thought it might be helpful. We're gonna go over a couple tips for focusing some things just from my very real life, okay? So, first of all, we don't talk about this. Just ask for God's help. We think that it's all up to us to be awesome. Just like we talked about that first week, I guess it was. He doesn't want to punish us for our weaknesses. When we feel so frustrated because we can't focus and we just close the Bible and say, forget it. No, did you come to him? Like bring that need and that lack to him. Okay, the second, I know this goes without saying, but to minimize distractions as much as possible. Whether that's your environment or your technology, okay? And it also should go without saying, some things are controllable and some things are not, all right? I feel very empathetic having recently graduated from the season of little people. <laughs> like, I, I know, we know, okay? And I could get on my soapbox here about all the things about raising littles in that season of life, but I just want to leave you with one encouragement if you find yourself in that season. My question is, how, do you only talk to your peers about the struggles, or are you talking to mamas who have gone before you? Because I would hope that in the church, if you share your struggles with an older woman who loves the Lord, she's not only going to say, I get it and this is hard, but keep going. Like that's different than the world is going to give you. <laughs> okay? So let's lean into each other so that we can spur one another on in this because it is worth it. All right, the third thing is a jot pad. This sounds so dumb, but I keep a pad, I keep a sticky notepad with my Bible because my brain is crazy. And I'm like, oh man, I gotta get milk. I'm gonna forget, and then I won't have the ingredients to make that recipe. What am I gonna do? And, now, and just before you know it, you're like off to the races. And I'm like, okay, we're just gonna write, get milk, and we're gonna set it down, okay? Like, it's amazing how much that helps. Like, it has a landing place, you don't have to hold the thought, and then when you're done reading and spending time with the Lord, you just take your sticky note, and you walk out into your day, and then you're good, okay? Nothing gets dropped, it's okay. <laughs> um, the next is audio scripture. Is this something that you've, you utilize? Have you explored this yet? You can listen for free online on your phone. If you don't know how, ask me after class. Um, so this can be great to use when you're doing other mindless things like folding the laundry or feeding baby or who knows what else. Um, so this can be a great way to focus your mind, to meditate on the truth while you're doing another task. But I've also had so many people tell me that when they listen to the scripture while they're following along in their Bible, that helps them so much to like hone in. So if that may be something to try um, see if that's helpful for you. Uh, the pen and paper. So God created us with this, like we're not just minds, we're bodies, right? So he created us with this ability that when we write something out, it connects, we retain it better than just hearing something or reading something. So that's why I encourage you, it doesn't have to be lengthy, you don't have to be a hardcore journaler, but just like putting pen to paper is going to help you stay focused and help like it sink in, right? And the last thing is simply repetitive training. The benefit is worth the cost. This is discipline, effort, even when we don't feel like it. 
The Spirit will work in all of this. But there's also just the matter of fact that repetition creates new ways of being. Your brain will get used to the new path if this is what we're doing now. All right? And then, of course, the reflection step here is what we've been talking about today. Those three things. Looking for God, reading comprehension, and timeless truths. This is kind of how these things fit into this framework that we're looking at. And then, of course, closing with a response of some sort. All right. So we're going to work through an example of this together. Like I said, we always want to end with giving you a chance to practice this before we like just send you out the door. So we're actually going to go back to uh, Joshua 1, 5 to 9, where we started. And we're going to practice these things. So if I could have somebody from each group just write down your group's answers, because we're going to share them briefly together at the end of this. So um, if you want to go ahead and just take the first leg, I'll give you about three minutes or so, and um, look for God, just that. Okay, we'll do it step at a time. So go ahead and take the next couple minutes and see what you can come up with. Okay. Did you find some? Heard some good chatter happening. Okay, so what I want to do is we're just going to go around the tables and just give me two that you saw. Okay, can we start up here? Yeah. Um, he is faithful and he is generous. Faithful and generous, yeah. Very good. What about you guys? Mm-hmm. Back in the back? Uh, providential and a deliverer. Mm-hmm. Very good. Come up here. Uh, constant, uh, no, unwavering. Constant, <laughs> Why are you looking so skeptical? <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure. It's okay, just say. Okay. Yeah, that's great. Um, we have God is always with us, um, and He instructs us to do the right Right. Yeah. Do you see? Like in three minutes, you guys, that was like a lot of variety there. There's so much to mine when we're looking for it. Okay. So reading comprehension. I'm just gonna do this together quickly so that it's not. Um, so as I was looking over this. There's a couple, I mean, there's a couple ways you can do this. There's not a right or wrong. It's just kind of like how your brain processes the information. So all of it is like God speaking directly to Joshua, right? They're all direct statements. And so as I was looking over them, and we kind of touched on this when we looked at the passage, but some of the things are promises and some of the things are commands. That was like two categories. Did you see that? So that can be a simple observation that you make. And that can be, as, that's all you really need to do. Be like, oh, I see these two pieces. If you want to make a list of each one, you can do so. Or maybe you just want to, again, like I said, can you make a summary sentence? Like, God is instructing Joshua to be strong and courageous because of who he is. You see? So, like, it's just as simple as that. Some sort of conclusion for yourself that uh, makes you feel like you got a hold of it. Okay, so for timeless truths... I'm going to give you a couple. I'm going to give you a little longer on this one. So think about what are these things, some of the things you talked about with God's character, but it could be anything about how he relates to his people, about what his people need, about how he works, anything. 
what are some timeless truths that are true for all times that you can take from this passage that would still be true today? Okay? Let's take about five minutes on that one. All right, you want to bring it back together? So I, this time when we go around, I'd like you to just share one timeless truth that you came up with. So kind of decide which one you'd like to share. Did you see how the commands and the promises, if you read between the lines, like why would God say that? It kind of begins to inform your understanding, right? Okay, you can start up here again. Okay. Um, I'll go with that we as humans are not naturally disciplined. So mm -hmm. it tells us we have to do this day and night and not stray. Not deviate. Yeah. 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 Good. Yeah, we have something similar. Like all people throughout time need the reminders um, of who he is and the direction. What to do. Yeah. Yeah. Good. <laughs> um, <laughs> training ourselves in the Bible so the overflow is coming out of our mouth. Mm, good. Yeah. Good. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm trying to read it because I ran out of paper. Um, <laughs> um, strong and courageous, but I mean, um, someone said he understands us that we're gonna we're gonna ebb and flow. Yeah. I mean, we're gonna have high peaks and we're gonna have low peaks. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. But he's always there for us. Yeah. And he forgives us the second we do it. Right. That's really good. Um, I know that God is personal and he cares about our life. So kind of where it talks about um, being prosperous and having good success, like he, he wants us. He wants that for us. Yeah, yeah. That was the first one I saw. I was like, if God is for us, who can be against us, right? Mm -hmm. So it's, yeah, that's really good work. So all of these things that we're pulling out, we want to make sure they square with all of scripture, <laughs> that they're true for all times. And just as a little teaser, as you look for these, begin to think about how Christ is the ultimate fulfillment of many of them. It's just like interesting to look back over your list then. Okay, I'm not going to keep you. I want you to get to your, your quality time with the Lord. So again, just take this time. You can spread out. You can stay in here, whatever is most comfortable. And I will close in prayer at 1050. So um, just continue to practice this this week. And I just pray that he would continue to work in your hearts, okay?